Welcome to the Philip Jordan Football Podcast. Philip Jordan and his football friends discuss the latest headlines on the field and off. Whether it's during the season in the fall, countdown to signing day, or on the road to the draft, Philip has you covered. Now, let's kick it off with your host, Philip Jordan. What's up, y'all? Welcome into the Philip Jordan Football Podcast, talking all things college football and professional football all year long, all football, all the time. This podcast is for people obsessed with football. We'll just say that. I am your host, Philip Jordan, from Last Word on College Football, where I mainly cover Auburn Tigers, but do some SEC work as well. And I am the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Woods Football on 96.9, the legend down in Dothan, Alabama. You can follow me on social media at PJordanSEC. You can find this podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many others. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. Also, you can find the show on YouTube, and occasionally you will see a video form of my interviews, me and my guests talking to each other. But other times I'll just put an audio form up on YouTube as well. Either way, please subscribe to the Philip Jordan Sports YouTube channel. Also, like the videos and leave a comment. Just like with Apple Podcast Reviews, if you leave a comment on YouTube, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. Everybody joining me on the show today is Bill Bender, uh, Sporting News National College football writer. Uh, uh, Bill, I, I told you this off air. I appreciate you coming on on the show. And it's been a while since we've talked. A lot has changed in the world, but I do appreciate you taking the time out today to come on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. Yeah, uh, so like I said, it was the national championship when you were last on and all the stuff that has changed. It's just, you know, and it's like you can't have a conversation now about any form of football without wondering if we will or not have a season uh but where where are you at right now just overall with how things are are going toward if we will have a season well i mean it's it's been fluid and we've kind of had this conversation for the last four months and you know i just posted some for us at sn about it it's it's just there there's got to be a perfect set of circumstances to happen from here on out for us to have it in the fall and i think it starts number one with COVID itself i mean the numbers have yeah. flattened out and then, you know, whether you do a conference-only model or a plus-one model or a nine- or ten-game season, all of that hinges on the next couple of weeks, really, and the next month or so, if we can actually lower the numbers and get those down to the point where we can have some football. And I think if that happens, we'll have a chance. Oh, of course, this week, with baseball starting their season off, and, of course, they're not going to have any fans, but they are playing in their stadiums. And NASCAR has been, some places had have had fans uh, that – do you think college football, the commissioners, the presidents, and all that, do you think they're keeping an eye on that, keep paying attention to what's going on over there, and maybe thinking they can implement some of that stuff? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the MLB model in particular, I mean, a 60-game season that's hyper-regionalized with division scheduling limited to two divisions has been something that they can look at and say, hey, if that works, I mean, maybe we should just keep it in our regions. Um, that's certainly one model. Um some of the other things they have at work, um, you know, I, I think they can take notes from. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different when you're dealing with college athletes and institutions that are, are of higher learning. I mean, there's a greater risk of lawsuits and those kind of things when it's not a professional business. But, I mean, we all kind of wink and nod at that. But, yeah, I mean, I think they're absolutely going to watch the NFL in particular, too. The NFL starts opening training camps. And 
sure the college football try to integrate some of those things into their games. Yeah, and of course, with the Big Ten and Pac-12, they announced a couple weeks ago they were going conference only. Did you look at the ACC, SEC, and the Big 12? They're kind of all, seems like they're saying, you know, end of this month. Uh, do you think those three will probably end up going the same route? Uh, I don't know. I think the SEC and ACC are seriously considering the plus one model because it works for them. You know, it protects uh, a rivalry like a Florida, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, South Carolina, Clemson. I mean, you can still squeeze those in, and obviously those are in the same region as well. So I think they're considering those things, and they'll be very interesting to see if they can get them in. So, again, I, I don't have a problem with the conference-only model for the Big Ten or the Pac-12. Yeah. It makes sense in those regions. And for the SEC and the ACC, because they are the same region in a lot of ways, if they can get that to fly, go for it. But, uh, you know, to me, eight to ten games seems reasonable. Nine's kind of the middle spot, and nine might make the most sense, Philip. Yeah, you know, what I was looking at, of course, you kind of look just at the fan side of things, which, you know, you, you, in a selfish way, but as a fan, you look at the games we missed. And I was going to ask you which one of the games that we not are, are not going to have that you will really look forward to, but I'm going to throw mine out there, and it's probably one that nobody will say. It involves Oregon, but I was looking forward to North, North Dakota State and Oregon, but uh, what was the game for you that you were looking forward to that we're not going to have? Um. You know, you know that's one. Oregon, obviously, without Oregon, Ohio State's a huge one. Um, Trey Lance and North Dakota State going to Oregon. The week before that was one we're yeah. going to miss. I think Wisconsin and Notre Dame at Lambeau. You have to wonder how the SEC schedule will flip around a little bit with uh, um, Georgia and Alabama are supposed to play in September. You mm-hmm. wonder how they're going to move that around. I don't think – Nick Saban's going to want to open up with that one. Hmm. <laughs> and that's pretty smart for that matter with both teams breaking in new quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, those are the things that are going to have to be worked out. And that's why I think moving it to October, you know, get an October start date, go nine weeks from there, might be the way to be. Yeah, you're probably yeah, you're right. I don't think Nick Saban decided, just, especially not being prepared all off season after preparing for USC, wants to turn around and play Georgia that first game because of course Kirby, Kirby's always so close to him. You know, so Nick Saban's like, I need to get ready for this one a little bit. Don't want to kick off with that one. That's a dangerous game. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's one of the biggest games of the season. So. Yeah, and again, the SEC is going to have to figure out how they want to balance that eight-game schedule, and it's going to be some some decisions will have to be made. Um, I think they have a chance to get it in, though. I really do. But but again, it's all dictated on COVID, and, and yeah. I, I know I sound like a broken record here, but when you're dealing with a disease that still hasn't slowed down, which is still producing, you know, at times you're seeing record numbers of positive cases on certain days, it's makes it kind of tough to think, hey, we're going to play. So, yeah. you know, all of those things are at work. Yeah, let's, uh, let's look at it if we do play. You know, these, especially, you know, down here in the SEC where I'm at. And I guess I'll start with the West. I mean, I look at it. I mean, there's some good teams behind Alabama there. Auburn, but the offensive line issues. LSU, talent, but inexperience. And A&M kind of, they've got good parts, but I'm not sure a receiver. But when you look at Alabama, I mean, with what they've got coming back, Mac Jones, who proved what he could do like at the end of last year, Najee Harris, a running back, those receivers, and of course, offense coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. The offense for Alabama was like they could be pretty lethal this upcoming season. 
Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, there, there's a lot of really good offenses in the SEC this year. Quarterback's an interesting question. to try to figure out who the best quarterback is. I mean, obviously Alabama brings back those receivers. Um, Najee Harris might be their best Heisman candidate just because what he can do from a two-way standpoint. And then, of course, the quarterback decision with Mac Jones, a guy that definitely uh, played well last year. Played really well when he was pressed into service. And then I think we're all trying to get a look at Bryce Young. But I think you and I are both wondering, you know, what's that mean that he missed spring? Does that impact his chances of starting? It probably does. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that and kind of just talking with some people that uh, are Alabama fans and overall, like you would have to think that would have been a much bigger quarterback battle between those two and him and Matt Jones if he had had a spring. But now that she didn't have that, I mean, Matt Jones obviously got to have that leg up because he's been there. He's been in the offense. Um, and with them, too, of course, you look at Alabama's stats last year, you just look at that from the defense side of the ball. It's like their defense was good. It was Alabama defense. But when they played the really good teams, that defense did struggle. Dylan Moses coming back, that's going to be a big deal for them, too, as well, I would think. Well, when you have that linebacker in the middle, he's a guy that, you know, the linebacker in that defense is always the middle kind of a quarterback. Dylan Moses, obviously experienced, was playing at an All-American level and then tears his knee last year, and they had to scramble for a replacement. So certainly – Somebody that they will welcome back. And, and like you said, when they got in those big games, I mean, 40-plus against Auburn, 40-plus against LSU. You know, Michigan had some success against them in the first half before Alabama dropped back in a two-deep and tried to make Shea Patterson beat them deep. But I, it wasn't a national championship defense by Alabama standards. I think we can agree on that. And Moses will certainly help with that. Guys like Patrick Sertain, who, who comes back, is going to be pretty good as well. And they're going to have plenty of time on that side of the ball. When you look at the SEC West, who who do you see as the second team there that maybe if Alabama was to slip up, a team that could challenge them? I mean, it's the same. LSU and Auburn are right there. I mean, LSU was able to do it last year, and you wonder how they're going to absorb the talent loss that they had with 14 or so guys going to the NFL draft and some others free agency, um, obviously losing Joe Burrow. Um, and then Auburn, you know, with, with Bo Nix back, having the confidence of doing it once. If he can go on the road and beat them, that'd be very interesting. Auburn's got a lot of talent as well. I mean, those are the two that kind of stick out in the division, and then you get into some wild cards like Texas A&M on that side of the division. Yeah, uh, with Auburn, hey, even though they, uh, Gus Malzahn's never won in Tuscaloosa, if we're playing in front of no fans, that's kind of like kind of Mike could erase that and Gus gets his first win in Tuscaloosa if that's the situation. Uh, you know, if we had had SEC media days, I was really looking forward to seeing who was where the picks from the media was going to be with the East, with Florida and Georgia, because Georgia is super talented. But it just seems like Florida's got the right pieces coming back. And, of course, with it not having spring, Georgia, new office coordinator, new quarterback, all that, that was maybe was going to stunt their development early in the year. Uh, when you look at those two between Florida and Georgia, who do you like? I mean, it's going to be – this is the year if you're Florida that you think, hey, we might, we might be able to do it. I mean, experienced quarterback coming back. Kyle Trask played well. Played well in that game. Somewhat. I mean, they were hanging around in that game, even though they didn't win it last year. And then from Georgia, I mean, they're going to have options at quarterback. That's obviously the big question. You wonder how much the offense is going to flip with uh, um, Todd Munkin, new, new offensive coordinator. And, um, yeah, I mean, it should be – that's the game that really determines that side of the, the conference. And it has the last couple of years, well, that's an opportunity for both schools to really flex. And depending on where they put it on the schedule, if it's in its traditional spot, it's going to be huge, and you got to think it will be. 
Yeah, it's interesting with Georgia, especially now when you got uh, JT Daniels is now eligible. So you would go in and think of Jamie Newman, who played, was a solid quarterback. I mean, I've seen him on some high on some draft boards already. He hadn't played a game for Georgia yet. But JT Daniels also coming from USC. He was a highly talented recruit, five-star coming out of California. So that's going to be interesting because with Kirby, it's kind of seemed like a trend at Georgia under him. It was, you know, from and Eason, then from and Fields. Now you got Daniels and Newman there. Yeah, um, it is. It's going you know, to have an interesting decision. It's going to come down to which one's more efficient in that new look offense. With I don't know how much it'll be a new look, but I mean, with Munkin and um, and the offensive coordinator, you got to figure they've seen how it's won with teams like LSU and Georgia or uh, Alabama in the last couple of years with those high flying offenses with a game breaking quarterback, and that's what they're going to have to find. Um, they're going to have a lot of talent at running back and receiver. Offensive line should be as good as it normally is. For those things to kick it out and, and take it to the next level, you need to have that elite signal caller that can flip the field. And uh, I think Newman's got a better chance to start this year, but I mean, having Daniel there as another body certainly isn't going to hurt Georgia at all. Oh, I, I, I did want to ask you, too, about a little bit on the Big Ten. Of course, Ohio State, they're going to overwhelmingly favor there. I mean, yeah, they lost players. They lose every year. They're like Alabama, lose and replace, rebuild the team. And you got Justin Fields there at quarterback, who for some may be, as thoughts, be the top quarterback in the draft uh, next year. Uh, Penn State's there. I mean, Michigan's all guys. you got Wisconsin. Uh, overall, the Big Ten, uh, for Ohio State, who, who's that next team that could maybe give them some issues? Penn State on the field right now. I mean, just because well, it probably won't be a whiteout, but I mean, they're at home. They've got they close the talent, not really close the talent gap, but they're just the second most talented team in the Big Ten right now. They've got difference makers like Jeremy Brown, Michael Parsons, experienced quarterback to Sean Clifford. Problem is, they got to go to Michigan. So, I mean, among Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin, it's on somebody to kind of step up. Yeah. These guys, the stat have been thrown out there a lot this offseason, and those three schools are combined one and 22 against the Buckeyes since Urban Meyer took over. So it's not just Michigan. It's everybody in that conference that's had problems beating Ohio State, and, and that hasn't changed. Oh, overall, country-wise, of course, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, in no particular order, so nobody thinks I'm putting anybody over anybody here. Uh, those three seem to be favorites. If have a season and we had a normal playoff, those three would be the favorites. Uh, who's the fourth team? Can I see a lot of stuff at Oregon, a second SEC team, maybe Oklahoma? Who, who do you see as kind of like – the other teams that could jump in there be the contenders? I mean, those three are on the high plane, and Georgia and LSU have been to the championship game. So, I mean, it's those five and everybody else in a lot of ways. And then, you know, if we're talking about a fourth class spot, maybe it's Oklahoma. Maybe they jump up and win um, the Big 12 again and get their latest playoff berth. Maybe it's somebody else like Oregon, you know, that finally breaks through in the Pac 12 and doesn't have that slip up like they did late last year or. If they don't beat Arizona State or Auburn, they're in last year. I mean, I, we talked yeah. about Florida and Penn State a little bit. I think they're kind of that next group. And uh, finally, before I let you go, kind of more of a fun question, kind of uh, to close out here our conversation here. And I've been asking this or starting to ask this to some of the college football writers and people that come on the show. If you had to win uh, one game this coming up college football season, again, if we have it, uh, what which is one quarterback you would want leading your team? Just have to win one game. I mean, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He only lost one. I mean, that's it. I mean, he's, he's lost one. He's on his way to being a number one pick. He's a really talented player. Um, certainly has the opportunity to uh, do that. And I think uh, 
I, I would take him. You know, when you have a guy that's twenty nine and one as a starter, or twenty five and one, I think as a starter, they had their twenty nine game win streak broken. It's hard not to go against him. Justin Fields, Sam Howell. There's some other talented ones out there, but it's hard to go with anybody but Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I feel like maybe he is uh, for some people un- unrightly been kind of not just for the one loss uh, for you know in the national championship game. So hopefully we'll have a season and he can uh, he can rectify that and uh, and go forth and show everybody why he's as good as he is, which we all know he's you know people follow college football know he is that. But uh, Bill, uh, once again, I do appreciate you coming on the show. I'll next, uh, like I said, appreciate the time. Hopefully, uh, when we talk again, we will know we're having games. We'll have games for sure. We know we can talk about and break down. Uh, but if the listeners wanted to uh, follow you online, where can they find you? I'm at Bender92 at sportynews.com and uh, looking to hope to have that season like everybody else Phillips. So you and I can talk on a more regular basis about the games on the field and not the ongoing off the field. So hopefully we can get that done. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, I hope so. I have been tried to during this whole thing. Been the uh, optimist. Uh, I'll admit when the Big Ten and Pac-12 made their announcements a couple weeks ago, my optimism did drop a little bit. But I'm still trying to hold on to that that hope and that optimism that we will get a football season and overall things in the world will turn around. But uh, but yeah, I hope we have that. And uh, once again, Bill, I appreciate the time and I look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road. Oh no problem. Thanks, Phil. Everybody, that's going to do it for this edition of the Philip Jordan Football Podcast. Thanks again for taking your time out making this show part of your day. I really do appreciate you guys doing that. It really means a lot for you taking the time. Remember, you can find this podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, just to name a few. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you leave me a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And you can also find the show on YouTube. Please subscribe, like the videos, and leave a comment there. Just like the reviews, if you leave a YouTube comment, I will read it on a future edition of the podcast. Remember, you can always email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. Till next time, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for checking out today's Philip Jordan football podcast. Find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Contact Philip on social media at PJordanSEC or email at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com. <laughs>